This is like as long a, a drought of gopher soccer as I've been through in my time following same the here. And yeah, <laughs> same for you, same for everybody. So, you know, first off, coach, you know, the you're in kind of a strange part of the year where you're kind of seeing the team, but it's kind of an off season when it would usually be a season. And obviously there's still a lot of protocols going on. So first, just, you know, how's it going generally and, and how are you doing? Uh, generally it's, I mean, it's as good as can be expected with the situation that we're in, you know, um, like we're currently in an eight hour training phase and, you know, we're using about three and a half of those, um, three and a half of those hours on a ball, uh, three and a half with, with Corey and then an hour of team building each week. So, um, you know, hopefully we have quite a few doing a lot more than that, because if we're going to compete at a, at a high level, um, you know, they have to do that, but we can't be privy to know who is and who isn't. That's just right. part of the, the way that it goes. Um, you know, generally speaking, uh, you know, the, the sessions right now, we're focusing a lot on just, you know, spending a lot of time on the ball, getting a lot of, uh, a lot of touches and being as clean technically as, as we can be while building the fitness space, uh, starting next week, we'll transition into 20 hours. So, you know, clearly a lot more time to, to be able to spend with them. We'll get more into kind of system type, uh, type training and functional training and, you know, kind of building what it's going to look like for, uh, for a spring season. So, um, you know, we're, we're happy with, uh, with their focus. We're happy with the effort that they're, that they're giving. And, um, you know, it's, it is what it is, I guess, you know, you right. can't, you can't change things. And so you can only make the, make the best of the situation that you have. And I, and I feel like we're doing that. And you're down, you mentioned you're down to eight hours a week now. You'll be back up to 20 hours a week in, in a little bit. Was there a time in the in August in sort of a true training camp time when you had sort of a, for lack of a better phrase, a regular training camp schedule going before the season got pushed? So was, was there a time where you actually were with the team in sort of an actual training camp? In the early part, yeah. You know, um, and we, and it was, that part was even tough because, you know, the, the protocols of coming back from uh, the break that we had had to that point uh, limited how we could train. I mean, you know, a lot of the clubs experienced it as, as they were getting back into the swing of things of socially distanced, technical only, no, no contact. And, you know, um, you know, trying to, trying to do things the, the right way to, to get us ready to, to compete. And then, you know, the, competition piece got pulled off the table and yeah I think that that's the hardest piece for us during this time is that you know typically during our off season in the spring we still get opportunities to play against uh, other competition and our season in the spring got pulled before we got to that part of the season and you know the fall we're not getting that either so you know by the time we actually do get to compete it'll have been over a year since we've been on the field against outside competition so right. you know while while we like what we're seeing right now we haven't been able to see what it what it looks like against anybody other than ourselves so right. that's uh, a little bit challenging well and i guess you know we jumped in without even really giving any context i i doubt anyone watching this at this exact time of the day does not follow the team but you know for for context, you know, there was a, a really a tough year last year, kind of, I think, a combination of some turnover of, of top senior talent and then some really some bad luck. I think, you know, I, I sort of half jokingly said there was times last year where I actually thought the run of play was better than the team in 2018, <laughs> which is which is insane to say, because 2018 was, um, you know, on paper, just a ridiculously successful year winning the Big Ten um, tournament, you know advancing in the national tournament but um 
still this year you're coming in with another round of young players and sort of um you know there's there's plenty to build on but results wise it's sort of the team trying to come back from a tough year and so you know mentally how has that been with you know we're trying to meet each other as teammates but there's these protocols where we need to be more responsible and distanced and um you know every aspect of training is probably different i've seen the pictures of the classroom sessions where you're spread out you're wearing masks so mentally what's it been like for um you know the the women coming in and trying to learn each other learn the system and build confidence all that kind of stuff yeah well we haven't even gotten into the system to this point just because of the limitations <laughs> that, that we've had so um you know that part is still to be uh to be seen but you know i think um uh, again we're making the the best of the situation that that we have it's mentally draining and exhausting when you're you know you're investing um a lot and not getting an opportunity to compete like that is mentally draining for the student athletes that's mentally exhausting for us as a, as a coaching staff as well you know of where are we really you know you don't really know where you are until you get to measure yourself um against outside competition so uh so it's it's really tough and so for um, for the team to be attacking everything the way that, that it is and to have the energy in the, um, in, in the training sessions the way that they, that they do right now is encouraging. You know, I think, um, I think everybody wants to have an enjoyable year. Everybody wants to have a lot of success. And, you know, we know that to, to have that kind of success, you have to pay a price along the way. And, you know, the, the price just seems a little bit heavier when you're going as long as we have with kind of the ebbs and flows um, of a COVID year. Um, right. you know, so uh, I, I would say, we're like, like I said, next week as we hit 20 hours, we're going to start getting more into kind of building, uh, building a system. We have a couple of ideas as a coaching staff of what that might look like. And we've got to play around with some things. Um, you know, there's some things that are, are probably pretty solidified right now in our minds and other things that are kind of up in the air, um, you know, mm -hmm. but, there's like you said, it's a it's a new team. It's a it's a pretty young team on a uh, on a whole in a lot of ways. But there's a lot of experience, and you know the the returning group has seen its fair share of adversity. And now it's how do we respond to that? Right. Well, and you kind of hinted at there's been some you know some positivity taken from these sessions. You can see certain things. I know if folks are following you on social media, they probably see you posting you know, albeit shorter clips of kind of individual drills or fitness yeah. or stuff like that. Um, and I know, and I will say, I gathered a lot of questions from both our, our Patreon supporters and also uh, a random smattering of other folks close to the program. And I will say, in particular, folks were curious about kind of what you're excited about in terms of the current roster moving forward. And in particular, someone mentioned a, a Duong Bowman back, uh, midfield and being able to see that. And I... I think they maybe were trying to softball to you to let you brag about a couple of midfielders. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, and um, you know Bowman and uh, and Duong are both, uh, you know, they're they're grinding away. Um, you know, they they put in a lot of work, and I think that they have a really nice connection going. But they've never gotten to like again see what that looks like against somebody else, and we're really excited to see what that might look like. You know, I think with. Uh, like with the addition of, of Bowman into the midfield, that gives us somebody who's, you know, really, really dynamic and really uh, like has, has an insane engine, right? Like she was the kid in the recruiting process. You would go to a three day event and on day three, she still looked like it was day one where everybody else had had a drop off. And so having somebody who has that and can, 
you know, be more of a transitional type central midfielder allows us to potentially have Katie in more of a true 10 type of a, uh, type of a role, um, mm-hmm. you know, and we would like to reduce her defensive responsibility to give her <laughs> like the ability to have more of more of an impact uh, on the attacking side of the ball and have, you know, a lot more um, in the tank in those, uh, in those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she, she certainly hit her fair share of crossbars and, you know, um, created a lot of chances for us that, you know, didn't hit the back of the net and it'll be fun to see some more of those, you know, hitting the back of the net. And, you know, I think that, uh, that, that Bowman, um, the biggest thing that she'll have to settle into as we move forward. And I apologize for the four-year-old in the background. You're, um, this is, this is, <laughs> this is work from home time, Steph. We all yeah. appreciate this. Yeah. Uh, and this is the day yeah. off for them, um, of, of the school week. So, uh, you know, there, um, but, but with, with Bowman, you know, like her, her biggest thing is gonna, is gonna be kind of settling into the, at times like less is more because she mm-hmm. wants to be constantly in motion. And so getting her to understand how, you know, conserving her movement is going to give her a much bigger impact, um, holistically with it. But those two are definitely going to be a really, really fun combination that I think, um, you know, gives us just a, a different look to, to things, um, in there, you know, like, I'd say Bowman could be similar to to Josie Stever, just a little bit, um, like a little bit for deeper uh, in the uh, in the overall scheme. Right. I well, and it's so interesting. I mean, folks who followed that season know there was no one more obsessed with like which part of central midfield Katie was spending her time than me. I'd be like, oh, she's dropping back too much because she wants to defend. If only she was more willing to stay up front. And yeah. You know, there's no one more willing to parse the difference between the eight and the ten than me. And it was, but I think for folks who, for folks who want to see what it looks like to see what you were just talking about, you know, when Katie was playing with the U20s, uh-huh. and by the time Laura Harvey was the coach and Katie was playing more as like a true ten and an attacking midfielder, I think we did see her much more as a pure attacker because there were steady. Um, holding and box-to-box midfielders behind her. And I think that's why we saw her ripping it from 26 yards and just like setting stuff up and going crazy. So I think we got to see little tastes of sort of at least a general idea of that. Obviously the Gophers are not the U20 national team, but the idea of having midfielders behind you so you don't feel the responsibility of, and I have to track, I have to track. So I I think it's exciting to hear about that. And I, you know, in general, I think the, Another thing folks are curious about is this is it's kind of uh, in a way you're only doing eight hours a week. So it's not like you're really grinding the way when you have two games and all those road trips. But it's still kind of a long lead up into what will be kind of a season in the spring. So what I mean, what's the thinking on not burning folks out in the fall of, you know, like you said, without the payoff of games, training can really feel like a grind. Um, so what's, I mean, what's the thinking on how do we keep them from burning out? Well, and that's, that's why right now, you know, we haven't started getting into, um, system training and, you know, it's been a lot more focused on, uh, you know, spending a lot of time on the ball and cleaning up that way because you, there's, there's such a wide range of how you can do that. And so, you know, practices have been competitive. They've like, it's been different day to day. You know, they've, they've seen a lot of different things along the way and they've really enjoyed it. Um, you know, the majority of the fitness that they've, that they've been doing involves a ball. 
So they mm-hmm. actually like, it's kind of your hidden fitness, right? Like, right. You, you know, you're doing fitness, but it doesn't seem as, as much like fitness because there's, there's the element of the, of the ball and the, the competitive piece. You don't have them, the you don't have them just running hills right. at, exactly. at the gray act. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, as we transition into, um, into 20 hours on, Saturdays we're going to uh play inner squad um you know so we will have kind of that and clearly the first Saturday falls on Halloween so you know um the the piece with that we're going to make it kind of fun you know the first uh the first hour or so you know we'll play um and then they'll change into Halloween costumes and we're going to do something competitive um in costume so you know like we we keep it light we keep it fun um you know with our team building we we mix it up to sometimes it's you know it's focused on kind of uh, on the team and what we're trying to accomplish and what steps we can take and actions we can put into place that help us, you know, continue to propel forward. Other times we're talking about, you know, real world issues that are going on. Um, You know, we had a session where uh, Delaney, uh, actually, who's a political science, um, you know, major, she led a discussion on voting, um, you know, kind of the, the importance of voting and, you know, how to get to a point where you, like, you know, what's important to you and where different candidates stand on that, not based necessarily on party lines, but, you know, just kind of like really digging in and learning as much as you can so that you're not just voting for the sake of voting, but you're an educated voter. Um, you know, so we're trying to, sorry, I have to open a popsicle. Um, but, um, there's, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to, to do things that, uh, that, that change things up that, you know, give us a little bit of, of a break from that grind, knowing that, you know, it's, it's going to be until February that we get to play. Right. Well, and I think I, yeah, I've definitely appreciated that, you know, this is a time when um, athletes at all levels have felt more empowered to kind of use their platform and make their voices heard. And I know you, on, you know, on all your channels, I've seen different trainings and things that you're going to. I think the um, the fact that athletes both feel empowered to be more vocal about that stuff, but then also those of us like you and I who are kind of around those people, you know, yeah. it's it's also we're all wondering what's our responsibility to help support that and have a good, you know, how do we both amplify and recognize what they're bringing, but then what's our role in in supporting that too. So I think um that's super timely I remember when I saw I think someone posted about that about Lainey doing the the voting instruction I've I've chatted with Lainey before and she's sharp as hell so that was yeah that was great I love that you also have a ton of players or a decent amount of players from out of state so I I love the idea of us taking good young voters and injecting them into Minnesota elections you know you know how nerded out I could get on elections (laughs) Well, if you want um, to come in and run a session, just let me know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure the I'm sure the players would really love to have to see me more. <laughs> they would love that. Um, so let's pivoting to the spring a little bit. You know, I know there was kind of a rough timeline for the schedule released a while back from the NCAA, <laughs> and it's different for every level. You know, D two, D three, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, how confident are you in that in that rough start date? I think it's maybe February third or sometime in February in terms of the season starting in earnest, but you know, how confident are you in that kind of rough timeline? And then also talk about putting together a schedule under those circumstances. Cause there's, I know. There's, yeah. There's so much to be determined still, you know, the, um, yeah. the big 10 has finally approved certain elements of the schedule, um, but not all of it in totality yet. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we know that um, big 10 games aren't going to start until the last weekend in February. So like that February 25th or so weekend, uh, but we don't know, 
who, where, any of any of those pieces. Um, they haven't yet approved uh, a non-conference portion of the season because things are going to have to be approved based on you know medical standards. Uh, they haven't approved the use of neutral sites yet. You know, mm-hmm. so there's there's a lot of pieces because you know there have been years here where we haven't been able to play outside in April. Um, you know, and there's not many facilities that are NCAA approved from a size standpoint. And so um, we need to, to get some of those answers before we know uh, a little bit more, you know, uh, based on that, that start date. Um, and it's whatever that Wednesday is of that February, um, you know, we don't know when we're going to be allowed to come back for preseason yet, you know, uh, because we were, we were here in August, which is before classes start. So, you know, that month um, of, of preseason comes out of, uh, out of our budget, you know, it doesn't come out of their scholarships. And, you know, if we come back before, uh, before classes start, it'll be a, a similar situation. And so, you know, there's so much up in the air right now still that hopefully, will be decided in the next couple of, of weeks so that we have um, more of a, a firm idea of what it's going to look like. Um, right. You know, and, and there's there's still a possibility where let's say, you know, there's not a lot of good options, non-conference, you have the same medical protocols that, that we do. It doesn't mean that we couldn't play Nebraska in those first three weeks, even if we're playing them in Big Ten play. You know, you see that yeah. happening in, in different places uh, as, as well. So we would like to be able to start in early February if we, if we can, Um, you know, we're looking, like I said, we're looking into a lot of different options of where we would play and what that would look like, but Mm -hmm. uh, a lot still up in the air. Yeah. And we related to that kind of the idea of how do we have sort of non-conference and or preseason type games in a spring season. Someone did, someone did ask if a scrimmage with St. Thomas could be on the table. And my, (laughs) my cherry on top of that question is, can we call it the Delmoral Cup? (laughs) um well first of all we're we are not approved even though the ncaa has approved uh preseason exhibitions um in the spring the big 10 has not so um we will not have any exhibition games this spring i can answer that firmly and so it it may be unlikely then that you schedule a non-conference game against them since they will still be in d3 then that might be a little bit bonkers correct but otherwise, but for folks who are wondering, Ariana Del Moral's sister plays at St. Thomas. So that will be, that is the connection we can have moving forward. So in the future, well, we're going to age out pretty quick. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be possible, but uh, all you Del Moral fans can follow St. Thomas too. Um, and I think, you know, coach, you mentioned the venue, to be honest, I've been wondering a lot of the videos you've been posting have been in for lack of a better term, I'll call kind of that football, that indoor football. Yeah, it's not big enough. It's not, and it's not wide enough or long enough. Right. It, well, it would, it would potentially be long enough, but uh, not wide enough. Um, okay. So, you know, we have our rec bubble that's on campus mm-hmm. um, would, would work, um, you know, so that's, that's one option. Um, you know, we're looking uh, like, I, I don't know how it would work, um, but, you know, with Minnesota United having used TCF, is that, you know, a, a potential as, you know, an outdoor um, option during uh, during that time uh, is U.S. Bank Stadium an option. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we like with uh, Kenna's dad being the athletic director down at Mankato. They have a brand new uh, facility down there that that would work. Um, you know, is that an, an option? Um, you know, it's we uh, again, there's just so much that the Big Ten has to decide in terms right. of 
you know, the, the protocols that are going to go along with this. So mm-hmm. we're, we're waiting to get answers from, from them. And, mm-hmm. you know, could there be some pod opportunities as well, where, you know, mm-hmm. like us, Wisconsin, uh, Iowa, Nebraska, all go someplace and, you know, play each other. Um, mm-hmm. We, again, depends on where that is and what the big right. 10 would, would say with that. I will. And I will speak this is not about me, I promise, or is it? But I, I will say there a few of the bubble domes like at Mankato or the rec dome would be really great or they could work great for the team. But I will argue in favor. This is the only time you'll ever hear me argue in favor of playing soccer in like US Bank Stadium or somewhere where there's a broadcast angle so we can all watch those games. Cause I will I will tell you for folks who have not watched a gopher game when they play at Illinois the broadcast is basically field level and it is insane. It's so, it's so infuriating. And yeah, university of Illinois, you can come at me, you can swamp me. Broadcast is not great. Get a cherry picker or something, figure it out. Um, and we have a, we have a few more. One, especially was asking about, um, you know, the new member of the coaching staff, Maya Hayes, who folks um, hopefully got to see us chat with back when she was brought on board. It feels like forever ago, which is crazy. Um, but, you know, talk about what she's brought to the staff and, you know, she obviously has really high level experience. She played professionally in the NWSL. She was a stud in the Big Ten during her college days for Penn State. Um, she talked about her finishing club, I think she called it, you know, all those things. But talk about what she's brought to the team and kind of what it's been like for her to build relationships with the team during such a kind of strange, but also kind of prolonged preseason yeah. where maybe there has been some opportunity. Yeah, and it, it it actually like in a weird way is is kind of great for her that uh, she's getting so long to really get to know the the student athletes before like actually having to coach them in games, right? Um, she is tremendously positive. Um, you know, she brings an unbelievable uh, like her her smile like lights up any any room that she walks into, and you know she's just like high energy and ready to go and expects a lot and, you know, wants to lift people to another, uh, you know, another level and to see the little details that are going to make a big difference for them. So, you know, she's, uh, it's, it's really funny because in training at different points, like she and I will be next to each other and either I'll say something or she'll say something. And the other one looks at the, at, at the, at each other and, that's exactly what I was thinking and stuff. So, you know, I, I told her, I said, look what you have to look forward to. Um, you know, like it's, it's just, it's wonderful. So, uh, you know, she works really hard, um, you know, has, has done a great job developing relationships with the recruits as well. Um, you know, and when we, when we break off functionally, you know, she's working with, uh, with an attacking group and, you know, I like what she's, what she's doing with them. And, you know, so much of it right now is focused on the finer details because we haven't gotten to the, uh, the system piece yet. Mm-hmm. Well, and you mentioned, you know, that's, that's sort of like a, a silver lining to this kind of bizarre calendar that we're working through right now in this exact year point in time. Are there other kind of random silver linings that you've noticed just, you know, of all of the bad that's going on, have there been other kind of silver linings to this process? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, one, um, you know, one's going to be for, you know, for freshmen, 
Um, you know, it gives them a longer period of time to transition into, you know, college life in general and stuff, you know, like when you in a typical year when you come in and you're here doing soccer for a month before classes even start and then you're having to navigate that while you're on the road and, and everything else, it can be it can be a lot. And so, you know, um, for a lot of them, the biggest transition is the physicality and the speed of play. And they're getting a full semester of getting to do that internally, which may make them better equipped to step on and, and compete and give a little bit more than they otherwise would have. So, you know, that and, and getting to learn the returning players and the returning players to learn, you know, some of what they they bring to the table as well is going to help the fluidity of that transition. So, um, you know, I think that that's. Uh, we, we've always joked about like how difficult it is being a fall sport and having 10 days to have your team ready to play games that, that count. Well, we, we get to see how, uh, you know, how the spring sports live a little bit here. So it's, uh, it, it's challenging, you know, again, without the, without the games, but it's, it's also, um, it's also an interesting uh, way to, to see how the, how the physical piece can be layered in along the way. Well, and you mentioned, you mentioned, obviously, you're in eight hours a week now. You only had the, the 10 days of kind of the, the true preseason before that. And um, and you mentioned you're not doing a ton of system stuff now just as a way to, to build that progression. But yeah. in terms of, you know, are there are there a few handful of players where for those of us who watched the team last year and, and sort of daydreamed about being able to see them in the spring and then couldn't see them in the yeah. spring and then sort of still couldn't see them in the fall are there a handful of players that you think you know based on what we all knew back then that yeah. have shown a jump or that you know that you want to call out for kind of that we should be ready to to keep an eye on that might surprise us um yeah I mean there's like you know the mo the majority of the team um you know came back in a in a really really good place um you know I would say uh, a couple that I'm particularly excited about um Kenna uh, you know, I think is, and I, I just can't even imagine like her having to like be out and then continue to just be out, even though she's like ready to go by this point. Um, you know, but she's, she's done a really good job of, uh, putting herself in a really strong position. She's super, super fit, but mm -hmm. you know, she's a lot more confident and composed on the ball than what she's, mm -hmm. uh, she's ever been. And, you know, um, she's she's been fun. Uh, Kenzie has like really like taken a step forward in her commitment and, and dedication, and you know the consistency in, in her play is uh, way further along than than it's ever been. Um, you know, I'd I'd say uh, Delaney. Um, you know, who played a lot as a freshman and then you know didn't so much this uh, this past year. Um, you know she's about as consistent as, as they come right now. And, you know, she's, she's competing her, her tail off day in and day out, but also demonstrating, um, you know, like sometimes when people are super competitive, they're not as clean as you want them to be. And she, <laughs> she is demonstrating kind of the, the balance of, uh, of those two components in a really, really positive and productive way right now. So um, you know, I, I'd say that those are some of the ones who, uh, who've taken, uh, a step forward from, uh, where, where we last saw them. Yeah, that's great. They, yeah. That Kenna, I didn't even thought about that. Kenna was basically game ready ish the end yeah. of last year, but had redshirted since she was missing so much of the season. So really <laughs> she could have already been going insane a year ago, let alone another year. I hadn't thought about yeah. that. Kenna. 
Kenna, we're thinking of you. Obviously, I'm the president of the Kenna Beisman fan club. The idea of a big, big athletic Kenna Beisman is very, very good up top. And um, Lainey, yeah, I think it's funny because I think she, I used to describe her as kind of steady, you know, yes. like she, um, you know, even as a freshman, she she would get beat athletically sometimes as almost everyone does in the, in the back line in the Big Ten. But she seems so steady, so increasing that is so great. And Ken's obviously holding down up front is going to be a big, you know, get those wingers running off of her and she can hold down that number nine. That's great. Um, and a couple other just specific ones just to close okay. out, not to take too much time. So um, we're I'm finally wrapping up that Katie Duong feature that was, you know, that you had to answer questions about forever ago that everyone did. But uh, one kind of specific thing about, uh, Katie last winter played with the U20s, helped the U.S. win the CONCACAF championship. So they, they qualified for the U20 World Cup, which would have theoretically happened in the summer. And it got pushed to like a very rough timetable of, you know, January, February, call it just general winter. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I know, I know at times when camps are actually happening, you know, the national team staff reaches out to, you know, college programs when they have to release players. Have you heard anything from the, from the program? I think everything's still up in the air there as well. Um, you know, there's just so much uncertainty with uh, with all that's going on uh, in the world in general um, that nobody really knows anything to this point. Let's the so the sunshine and rainbows versions of how it could happen is that the tournament happens safely somehow. It happens in January, yep. so Katie gets called in, plays the literal yep. World Cup in January. And she's on fire, like we know she can be. And then the big, then the Gopher season yep. starts. So that's the sunshine and rainbows version. If people want to, you know, cross their fingers, pray to whatever. That's that's the that's the version of events we can hope for. Um, and then lastly, you know, Coach, you you hinted at this earlier, just that, um, you know, even just your program, the idea of preseason costs and then having to budget yep. for, you know, once in a you know, generation, once in a century challenge that you all are dealing with. But in general, you know, I think folks are aware that the athletic department has been going through a lot of challenges and it's a really tough time in the, in the, you know, figurative building. I'm sure you yeah. guys aren't there as much, but I know how connected you and the rest of the staff are to other programs and, and just the building in general. But for those of us who really want to make sure we're supporting, you know, your program and, and doing all we can, you know, what are some things that we should make sure we're doing to show our support for Gopher soccer at a time when there's a lot of uncertainty and it's just a, just a tough time. Yeah. I mean, clearly um, our enhancement fund is always uh, willing to accept, you know, support uh, and stuff. And generally like in general terms, that's usually used towards, you know, our foreign tour towards bringing Dr. Pim in and stuff. But right now, we could have to use that. We could be forced to use that for things that we would generally cover out of our budget. Um, you know, so in terms of having a healthy uh, reserve there, that puts us in a position where, like, let's say we can't come back early from our general budget. Well, we could do that out of our enhancement fund to give us the proper preparation time that that we need to move forward. Uh, you know, continuing to to follow. Um, you know the 
Twitter and Instagram and, and all of that. Cause you know, Sullivan who's working with our team now is, you know, working his tail off to try to continue to get things out so that people can stay connected to the, to the program. Um, mm-hmm. You know, our, uh, our young women are really passionate about serving the community. And, you know, we know that there's a lot of limitations in terms of our ability and how we can, we can do that. Cause our young women like to interact in person with, with people, but, you know, they're always looking for, for ways to continue to, to give back. So if there's people who have things that, they think um, they would like to have our, our women support. Let us know that as, as well, because I think that that's a, a piece that we've been kind of missing that we typically get to do a little bit more of right now. So, you know, um, send, you know, like tweet at the girls and stuff, like, you know, give them an opportunity to, to interact a, a little bit as, as well, because they're, you know, they're doing a really good job of staying inside you know, their bubble and putting us in a position where we can continue to train, but it would be great for, for them to know that people are excited to see them again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and maybe they'll, maybe they'll share some insight into what, what they've got going on in their, uh, in their bubble life. That's yeah, that's a great reminder coach. And we'll, we'll make sure we put um, the link in the show notes to, you know, the fund if folks, if folks are able to support the program, I think that's, that's good for folks to be aware of. And especially this year in particular, like you said, where it might be needed just to make sure you're preparing for the season and all that. Um, and we'll, maybe we'll get like the, the whole leadership circle on a show or something, get, get crew them up and, yeah. and throw them out here. That'd be great. Um, otherwise coach, you know, thanks so much for all we're doing. I know it's a, you know, it's a bizarre time. It's a strange time, but uh still you know we are desperate for for soccer and so like you said we really appreciate that the team is being smart and careful and following those protocols so that they stay safe and healthy you know for the eventual season and then you know all of us as fans can can do the same you know it it feels like there's not much we can all do to help the situation but one of the few things we can do is you know be safe ourselves to make sure we can eventually get back to a environment where go for soccer is on the field so uh, i appreciate it coach yeah, thanks so much, Matt, and you know, thanks for all you do in the in the state of Minnesota to support uh, to support the game and particularly the women's game. And you know, uh, we we love uh, getting opportunities to jump on with you. So continue to let us know uh, what what you'd like from us. Absolutely. So, Chief Popsicle Opener, Go for <laughs> Soccer Head Coach Steph Galan. We will talk to you later. Thanks so much, everybody. Great. Thanks, Matt.